This is Yolanda Robbins, your host of the Parish Property Chronicles. In this episode of the Parish Property Chronicles, my first guest in the Beyond Paris series is Judy Miller, who with her husband Bruce relocated to Paris from Michigan in 2007. After living in Paris for several years, they made their way to Toulouse, but have since settled in the medieval town of vaison la Let's hear how Judy and Bruce made their way beyond Paris, to the Vaucluse region in Provence, via La Ville Rose. Judy, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Paris Property Chronicles for sharing your journey from Paris to Provence. You and I have a long and varied history, which started out as a client, I think around 2006, 2007, and then flourished into a friendship. You want to tell us a little bit about us and about your 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 journey? Sure. So I don't remember exactly when, but it was on a trip to France on our way home that uh, Bruce and I decided we really should look into moving to France at some point. And so I met you in, I think it was January of 2006, after we had already signed up with your then employer to help us find some property to buy. Mm-hmm. And you, some other friends had already purchased their apartment and you were involved in helping them get it fixed up, painting the walls and that kind of thing. They were not in town, but they had arranged for us to go and see their apartment so we could get an idea of what might be possible for us. And you were there to greet us. And that was our first in-person encounter. Okay, great. Um, you're originally from the U.S., uh, like me. Can you tell our listeners where you hail from in the U.S.? Uh, pretty much most of my life was in Michigan. I was born and grew up in Michigan, lived um, for some years on the East Coast in Philadelphia and Boston. But Oh, Philadelphia, my hometown. Yeah, I was very young when I moved to Philadelphia for about two and a half years. <laughs> Bruce and I moved there when we were first married for a couple of years, and then we moved back to Michigan for a while. So then we moved, we, after being back to Michigan for a while, we moved to Massachusetts for in the Boston area for about 10 years. So you've really been all over the U.S., mostly on the, in, in the Midwest and the East Coast. Exactly. And then after we met in 2006, you decided that you wanted to purchase a property, but you didn't relocate to France initially. Because you and we were still working. Exactly. Yep. We, after sort of going through our own conversations, what we were looking for, where we wanted to be, what we wanted to do, et cetera, we um, ended up buying a small apartment in Paris, but we were both working at the time. We knew that we had some steps to go through to be able to retire. We retired a little bit early and be able to afford to absolutely sell everything in the United States and move to Paris. So it took us about four years to get to that point. During that time, we used that apartment in Paris as our pied-à-terre and for you know vacations and went back and forth as often as we could. You purchased the property. Uh, it was located in the Marais, right. right in the center of town. You, you, when did you purchase that property? In 2006, in September, there were quite a few renovations that had to be done. Um, so it really wasn't habitable, habitable until 
the spring of 2007. And so then we started coming in that spring and staying there and using it as our home base whenever we could get back to France. Can you describe the property and and tell our our listeners what the neighborhood? It was a lovely neighborhood, you know, halfway between the Pompidou Center and the Picasso Museum. So in a very lovely area of town, we were a a small apartment in a very large complex of apartments. And so the, the apartment is very small by U.S. standards. I think it was less than 650 square feet. But, mm-hmm. but well laid out, we had a little entry area that was large enough to make into a little computer study area. There was a, a large salon that had our dining and living area, an open kitchen fully equipped, and then one bedroom with some storage. We had a cove so we could store things, had the bathroom redone and all of that. So it was very commodious for such a small space. It was great for us when we were coming as visitors and we, we had a sleep sofa in the living room so we could have some people come and visit. And we really just, I mean, you could walk everywhere from that apartment. And we, we used, of course, the metro in Paris, but we just, it was a lovely old part of town and we just had a great time being there. And of course, living there, we also loved it. But after a while, mostly me <laughs> decided that I wanted something a little bit larger because living there full time in such a small space was a very different than being there for two weeks at a time. Before we move on to the next chapter. Tell us how it was for you to integrate into French society by living in Paris, because before you had visited it, and you yourself had studied in France at some period in your life. So when I was young, when I was a child, I was lucky enough to be in a small town that had a really good school system. And so they began foreign language instruction back then in seventh grade, which was a little earlier than a lot of schools did. I chose French. And so all through seventh grade, all the way through the end of high school, I was taking French. I took French in college. So the small college that I went to had a study abroad program. So I was able to study for six months in at the University of Strasbourg when I was a junior. So I would have been 20 the first time I went abroad to France. It really was a, a life-changing experience for me. How so? Oh, I, well, because, uh, you know, I'm older. So this was back at the end of the 60s when... Europe in general, and especially France, was still sort of climbing out of the effects of the Second War. So it mm-hmm. was not as affluent a country as it is today. But the people were just so lovely and easy to get along with. And I enjoyed so much about the culture, a different point of view on the world, the joie de vivre that that we all know about as French um, mm-hmm. No, I was just some little kid from this little Midwestern town. <laughs> and so it really did open my eyes to so many things about, about France and about the world. Hmm, that sounds very nice. And then after you lived in Paris for several years, you decided that you wanted more space. And then at that point, Paris, unfortunately, became too expensive for your comfort level, right? especially being retired people. Then you decided to relocate outside of Paris and you chose Toulouse. First, let's share with our listeners why you chose Toulouse and the approach you took 
in defining the areas of France that you were interested to live in? Sure. So by that time, you know, we'd been living full-time in France, in Paris for four years, and we just knew we were not going to leave France. And I know that for many people that buy property and move to Paris, it's all about Paris. And as much as I love Paris, for me, we had talked about France as a country first, and then kind of settled on Paris for um, our first adventure. So uh, we knew we wanted to stay in France. So being retired and older, we thought, oh, you know, the south of France, the weather's a lot nicer there. Um, So we kind of looked around at some cities. We still were interested in being in the city in the south of France. Um, So we spent a week in basically four different cities. And the last one was Toulouse. Can you just tell us the four different cities? Sure. We we were in Aix-en-Provence. We were in Nice. We were in Montpellier. And then we went to Toulouse. And all of those cities, of course, are lovely. But Toulouse was a much bigger city. It's the fourth largest city in France. Relatively affluent, very well educated because of the universities and all of the medical uh, facilities there. And, of course, that's the home headquarters of Airbus. So you have all these Mm -hmm. engineers and techie people. So it was just a, a lovely, lovely city. It is a lovely city. And we were able to find an apartment, again, right in the center of town because we, we like walking to places and, and being around. So Architecturally, it's a very interesting city because a lot of the buildings are in red brick. I myself know about red brick because I'm from Philadelphia, but they call it La, la Ville en Rose. Is that right? Yes. Um, and it had to do with uh, when they were switching from the old wooden buildings that a lot of cities in France originally had, which were, of course, fire hazards, to the brick, the soil, the raw materials that they could find around Toulouse, that was the original color. It's sort of a, it's not the deep red brick that you see in most places. It's a lighter sort of pinkish red. So they call it the the Rose City. Tell us what it was like in terms of culture and and just amenities and, and how it differed from, from Paris a little bit. Yeah. Um, so of course, Paris being Paris, um, it, Toulouse there were many cultural opportunities, you know, cinema, lots of music. The the people in um, Toulouse love music and concerts, and so we, we had lots of access to music, lovely restaurants, beautiful parks to walk around in. But if we really wanted to do much in the way of museum or art exhibits, we really kind of had to go back to Paris, which was fine because it was very easy for us to get to the train station and just take a train to Paris. And so we found it quite lovely. I mean, we we had everything within 15 minute walk at most to us, lots of markets. Toulouse has a lot of covered food markets. So that's great. You can enjoy them year round. Little shops, um, lots of boutiques, upscale shopping, walking along the Canal du Midi or along the river. So as far as that sort of overall lifestyle that we had developed in Paris, it was pretty similar. Definitely an urban lifestyle. Yeah, I, I visited you. I was there twice, once to just validate your selection on on the search, but also as a guest. And and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed running through the streets. The people were very friendly, and it was just nice to walk around. How long were you in Toulouse before you you decided that you wanted to make a change, and and what prompted the change? 
Well, we were there. We lived there for four years again. And both Bruce and I are from originally sort of grew up in smaller towns, grew up in a house that had a, a little bit of a yard. And it wasn't until we kind of visited some people that had a, a house out in the country north of, of um, Toulouse that we sort of thought, you know, it's nice having a garden. So as much as we loved the urban life, we really sort of thought maybe we should look into buying a house so we could have a little bit of a yard so we could get our hands dirty in the soil and enjoy a little less urban existence. And then you sold your apartment in, in Toulouse, which didn't take very long, no. if I recall. <laughs> No, less than a week. Um, we were amazed, but it it was a lovely apartment. It is a lovely apartment in a great neighborhood. So that was that was to our benefit. And now you live in the Vaucluse mm-hmm. in Provence, mm-hmm. in a small medieval town called Vaison La Romaine. Exactly. Can you describe your home there and what the community is like for you? Sure. So we know this up. Um, area earlier because some friends of ours that live part-time in France and part-time in Michigan had bought an apartment here in vaison la romaine about the t- time that we were settling into um, our place in Paris. And so we had come to visit them. Then by happenstance, another couple that you also know had bought a, a tiny little village house in a nearby village. So we had um, some opportunity to visit people and get to know this area. So we liked it a lot. And the village of Vaison is a very small village, about population of about 7,000. But we are in the Côte de Rhone uh, wine region. So within, I would say, 10, 15 kilometers in any direction, there are all these fairly smaller villages that are in existence because of all the wine producers, you know, growers and et cetera. So Vaison, even though it's a small town, is kind of the commercial center of our little vaison Ventoux region. And so there's a movie theater here, there's markets, there's lots of little shops, there's some wonderful restaurants. So again, we were able to find a place, a house that we could walk into town, walk to the places we like, um, see our friends, get to know that the locals here are very cosmopolitan group. There's, of course, French, but um, several Americans, Canadians, Belgians, Dutch, Germans have all uh, made this area their home. So it's a very um, international little town. It sounds lovely. Describe your, your home, your house there and what it's like. Okay, it's about um, a thousand square feet, um, ninety square meters. So it's it's small, but it has three bedrooms. The smallest one we use as an office. A lovely big kitchen, dining room, small living room, and then two bedrooms, a uh, big bathroom. But we have a veranda that's covered, and because it's we're in the south of France, where we get much more sunshine, we can actually be outside on our veranda quite a bit of time during the year. And then from that veranda is our garden, which is a Provencal garden with cypress trees and olive trees and lots of bushes and shrubs and um, rosemary plants and roses surrounded by a tall hedge. So it's almost like a private park for us. Mm. (laughs) It's beautiful. And also from the front of the house, we have views of the mountains. Mount Ventoux is the largest mountain in Provence, and we get a 
an excellent view of that from our front of our house. It sounds just absolutely spectacular. I mean, you have your home, but then you have a garden, you have the town that you can walk to, you have the mountains. Especially given what's happened this year, a lot of people found themselves moving to more bucolic settings after the first lockdown in France in March. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you during the lockdown periods in France, um, where you currently are? It was interesting because um, as much as we love Paris and miss Paris, we really came to realize if we had been locked down in that small apartment that didn't really have much of a view, it would have been an entirely different experience for us. Mm-hmm. Here in the spring, we had our house. We could The weather was getting warmer. If we walk um, 10 minutes in one direction, we're in the center of Vaison-la-Romaine. But if we walk five minutes within five minutes in another direction, we are literally in the countryside where we're walking up into some hills that are surrounded by vineyards and beautiful, you know, stone farmhouses. And you can get views of these medieval villages on the hillsides. So even though we were supposed to be restricted to not going farther than one kilometer from our house, we took advantage of walking into the country almost every day. Yeah, that definitely would not have been possible in Paris because the moment you went out, especially during the first lockdown, you were absolutely stopped and asked for your paperwork. I presume it wasn't was not the case where you are. Yeah. Well, if you went into town, sometimes we did see people being stopped and having their permission slips <laughs> checked and their ID. But up there in the country where we did we rarely even saw another person. No, we, there was no way that we were ever going to be questioned about why we were up there. So we discovered all kinds of really interesting paths and hiking places that were I actually lost weight during that confinement. As opposed to most of us who live in Paris who, who gained. Exactly. So, because we would just walked so much up and down these hills, and it was a great workout. How long have you lived there now? Um, a little over two years. Okay. So besides walking during the lockdowns, how else did you keep yourself occupied? So we did a lot of Zoom calls um, and other video chats. Um, even with our friends, local friends here, we would do Zoom calls because we weren't allowed to get together. Oh, Netflix is always something that people turn to in these times. We would listen to podcasts in French mostly, just do the best we can in terms of um, you know keeping ourselves occupied, reading. Okay. There is one thing. Um, when you moved to Provence, you purchased a car. Because Faison is a lovely small town and it has a lot of things, but it doesn't have everything. (laughs) And also for us to even get to the train station in Avignon is an hour drive from here. So if we're going to go to Paris, we have to drive from here to either Orange or Avignon to get the train. How long is it back to to Paris? Um, Once you get on the train in Avignon, it's just a little over two hours. So that's pretty fast. So Oh, that's very fast. So, okay. Under normal circumstances, how often did you get back to, to Paris prior to this transformative lockdown year or this pandemic year that we're in? Um, usually it was at least twice a year. Um, and sometimes we could arrange to stay in friends' apartments for a long time. So we would stay for a month or maybe even two months. So it was kind of like we could 
live in Paris part-time and be outside of Paris. But sadly, it's been over a year now since we were in Paris because of the the pandemic. Um, we're looking forward to it. You know, when, once we get there, we plan to stay for maybe five or six weeks. <laughs> Okay, great. We're we're all looking forward to it. You and Bruce are residents of France, is that correct? That's correct. Are are you citizens? Um, no, we have the what they call the ten year carte de résidence, which um, takes us up until November of twenty twenty six. But it's interesting. You should ask that we we actually have no intention at this point of moving back to the United States. We're we're pretty acclimated, even though. We're definitely foreigners in France. You know, France has been a very comfortable place for us to live. We participate in the French health insurance. So we actually have explored (laughs) the application process for becoming citizens. And as you know, you have to get not only your own records, but you have to get your parents' birth certificates and marriage certificates and blah, blah, blah. It's a pretty document-intensive process, for sure. And it's very complicated because Bruce's mom was actually born in a small village in Quebec, Canada, and her family moved into the United States when she was an infant. But then she grew up in the United States and became a naturalized American citizen. So for us to to find her birth records from 1911 in this little town... (laughs) It'd be pretty challenging. So I don't know if we're going to be able to accomplish this, but we're we're looking into all the paperwork and finding the right places to send off our our requests for the proper documentation. Once we get that documentation, I don't think it would be really all that difficult for us. We have to pass a language proficiency, which I think both Bruce and I could do, and then fill out all the paperwork. As you know, it's documents. So we're 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 certainly thinking about that and exploring that possibility. Yeah, the the only not the only difference. I mean, one of the benefits of being a citizen of, of France is you get to vote. Exactly. And I know that you're bilingual in French, so whatever French test um there is, there would be no issues, but it sounds like Bruce has improved his French since he's left Paris. Yeah, very much. Um, he proved, improved a lot when we were in Toulouse because we didn't know as many Anglophones <laughs> in Toulouse as we did in Paris. So we tended to drift more to English speaking. So our neighbors and, and many of our friends in Toulouse were French. So he took some private lessons twice a week. So we had a lot of experience. And here we were also doing the same thing until the pandemic hit, of course. But Bruce has continued to work on the internet through Duolingo and some others. He listens to French podcasts. The one thing that's more difficult is for him to get the conversational French because our neighbors around us are all French and they're very nice. We have a good relationship, but we're not seeing anybody Right, right because of the pandemic. Exactly. And, and socialization is a really uh, effective learning tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that part is, I think, missing, but he's really comprehending uh, much better than he was. Um, I think once he gets a chance to get back into having to speak it a little bit more, that will also improve. But yeah, he's he's definitely improved his French. Since moving down to the South, specifically where you are right now in Vaison la Ramène, do you have a pet? We have a cat, <laughs> our little Nora. It was very interesting because one of the first friends we made after moving here is a Canadian man named Paul uh, who has a village house. He's right in the middle of the town. And he's kind of like the, the cat rescuer 
among other things. And there's all kinds of cats around Vaison, um, sort of semi-feral cats, but people feed them. So this particular cat had become known to some other friends of Paul's because she was so friendly, but she mm-hmm. was definitely living on the street. So Paul was able to actually get her into a cat carrier and take her to the vet and have her checked out. And she had been living with a family because she had already been neutered. But then he called me up in sort of a panic, help, I have to find some place for this cat and I can't take her home to my two cats. So we took her in. Oh, that's great. With the experience of living, because you've had the opportunity to live in very different places in France, in Paris, Toulouse, and now in the Vaucluse, which do you prefer, if you have a preference? And uh, if so, why do you prefer that lifestyle? That's a fair question. Um, I like living here. There are some, a few, I mean, there is a hospital in town, but most of the specialists that we would need to see are a, a half an hour drive for us. So, you know, as older 70, early 70s uh, um, people, that's something for us to consider. Right now, we're quite pleased with the, the level of healthcare. But if you're in an urban environment, such as Toulouse or Paris, that's much more readily available. I like the the living here very much, the sort of the, the friendly small village. You get to know the merchants, you get to know lots of people in town, and everybody kind of keeps an eye out for other for each other. That didn't necessarily happen in Paris. We lived next door to people that we rarely saw uh, and didn't meet all the people that even living in our own building. I guess if I were a multimillionaire and had my preference, living in a nice big apartment in Paris would be, but you know, those are, that's not a practical solution for us. So I guess I, I like living here. The weather's, we get lots more sunshine. I like being here in the middle of this wine region. So yeah. Well, I can't wait to visit. Judy, I want to thank you again uh, for joining us. And I also want to wish you a happy 50th anniversary. You and Bruce just celebrated 50 years of, of wedded bliss. We appreciate you sharing your journey with us. I hope to see you soon, either in Paris or in the Vaucluse. And thank you again for joining us on the Paris Property Crop. Oh, thank you, Yolanda. It's a great pleasure to talk to you. Take care. I'm Yolanda Robbins. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Paris Property Chronicles. Property tailored for you.